As part of Ferrari Fridays, William Ross from the Exotic Car Marketplace will be discussing all things Ferrari and interviewing people that live and breathe the Ferrari brand. Topics range from road cars to racing, drivers to owners, as well as auctions, private sales, and trends in the collector market. Welcome back to the Ferrari Marketplace, presented to you by the Motoring Podcast Network, MPN. Check us out, motoringpodcast.net. I'm your host, William Ross, and for Ferrari Friday this week, we're not actually going to talk about cars, per se. We are going to talk about the blockbuster news of Lewis Hamilton coming to Ferrari, going to Ferrari in 2025 in Formula One. So I'm sure a lot of you guys out there that listen to the channel or are fans of Ferrari, you know, also are fans of Formula One. Now, Grant, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, and I know people like lately have kind of been, um, I say, losing interest. And everybody goes, oh, Max Verstappen is just, you know, it's all this is Max Verstappen. Well, obviously these people must be new to watching F1 because this is how the cycle works in F1. You have your dominant teams, you have your dominant guy. You know what? It's the best car wins. That's the big thing about Formula One. It's about the best car. Yeah, the best driver helps as well, but the best car is going to win over everything else. And the past few years, obviously, the Adrian Newey-designed Red Bull has been the dominant car. Now, I'm not going to take from anything away from Max Verstappen, but prior to that, it was Lewis Hamilton that won six in a row? The seven or six or seven or whatever the heck it was, um, with Nico Rosberg, you know, kind of dropped himself in there the one year is the 2016 that he won, uh, and then just abruptly retired because he had enough of all the mental games and whatnot, and he made his, you know, multi million dollars and stuff like that. So he didn't need to really uh, drive anymore. So he got done, which was kind of an interesting move and good for him, go out on top. But obviously, then prior to Lewis Hamilton, you know, we had a, a spattering here and there. But then you had Michael Schumacher was dominant. Um, you know, so he had consecutive five consecutive years. It was was it 2000 or 2001 to 2005, I believe it was, uh, that he won the championship and Ferrari won the constructor championship. So, you know, Michael came on to Ferrari, it took him a few years to get things right. But, you know, they also brought on Ross Braun, Jean Tott, you know. They uh, had the super team, I guess you could say, there at Ferrari in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, you know, and created the dominant car. And that's what it kind of takes. And that's what Red Bull has now. So, but anyways, Ferrari's been kind of chipping, knocking at the door, but, you know, they've been playing second fiddle to Red Bull. And it's also subsequently Mercedes. So, like last year, you know, Ferrari finished third behind Mercedes and then obviously Red Bull. So, Ferrari's got some catching up to do. So, it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, if anyone's been watching or paying attention, Ferrari just dropped video on the new SF24. Uh, and so it looks sweet. I mean, looks like the other cars. Everyone seems to be following Red Bull's design. Um, I mean, obviously, regulation safety is, plays a major, huge role in the design of these cars. And, you know, they have to work within the regulations. But what always kind of kills me is when you look at these cars as these designers, no one really, I guess they thinks outside the box in regards to design. Now I give kudos to Mercedes. They gave it a shot with that zero pod design 
and they tried something completely different didn't work so they had to revert back to like the design pretty much everyone else had but i was i was cool it was cool to see that because hey outside the box let's try something different let's not do what everyone else is doing i mean think back to who was it was it benetton did the the uh, raised nose back there in the 90s you know uh everyone's like what the heck is that you know everyone had the well what the kind of know but everyone had the down, nose went down to the ground uh i'm sorry you know like the late 80s early 90s produced some of the most gorgeous f1 cars of all time barring like say the 1960s um but you know 80s you know uh 70s and 80s they had some great ones but man the late 80s mid early 90s just some gorgeous cars uh i wasn't a big fan of those raised nose design that lasted for so long they had some really wacky things and again it was all about the rules and regulations and how those things got designed so and there were there were it's about aerodynamics you know and it's about downforce on that car so obviously you got to have a slippery car you got to try and have the least amount of drag but you also need downforce on specific tracks and you know, you'll see it where a lot of the cars, they're good on one track, terrible on another. You know, it's it's a, you know, obviously, you know, a home run if someone can build a car, i.e. Adrian Newey, that actually is good on all tracks. Now, not necessarily say it's going to dominate every single track, but, you know, it's going to pretty much do very, very well on every track. You know, you're going to have some, you know, where you know, your competitors are closer than others. Uh, but, you know, I think Ferrari had those issues Last year, I know they pulled out Carlos Sainz, you know, uh, pulled out that one win last year for Ferrari, which was awesome. And speaking of Carlos Sainz, that is who Lewis Hamilton's seat is he is taking, is Mr. Carlos Sainz. Now, I'm a big Carlos Sainz fan. I like him. You know, he goes about his business, doesn't play games, you know, everything like that. He's got kind of a personality. Um, but, you know, I like him. And, I, you know, I love his old man. His old man's phenomenal. You know, one of the best rally drivers of all time. And if you kind of keep an eye on him, now he's dominating the, the car rally. Uh, he's doing some other things. But, you know, um, it's going to be interesting to see where Carlos Sainz goes. Now, obviously, the scuttlebutt and rumors are that is, you know, he's going to go over to the Audi team when they kind of show up. Uh, I believe they're supposed to be showing up next year, you know, taking over for the Sauber team. Um as the Audi team, or I don't know if it's going to be 2026 when the new engine regs and everything comes in. So I'm not sure, but the rumor was has it that he was going over there and also potentially, you know, Mick Schumacher's name was mixed in there and whatnot. So I don't know. It's going to be kind of interesting to see, but he, he'll end up somewhere. Um, obviously, there's a lot of contracts that are up after 2024. Now you had the big guys already signed, though. Obviously, um, Max Verstappen signed. You know, you got, well, the Lewis is going now to Ferrari. Uh, Charles Leclerc, he, you know, he's signed up. So, but you're going to have a lot of open seats like that. You know, obviously, like Daniel Ricciardo supposedly going back to Red Bull and whatnot. So, I don't know, we'll see. But let's get back to Lewis Hamilton and him going to Ferrari. Now, this is kind of an interesting, I guess, scenario because he'll be 40 years old. Now, obviously, this day and age, I was like, oh, 40 years old, especially way back in the day, that was about, you know, the guys weren't really hitting their prime and doing actually serious racing until their 30s, early 40s. So, I mean, that was nothing new back then. But, you know, obviously the big wave was all these young guys in in their early 20s. Um, obviously, then you had the teens, you know, with Max Verstappen being 17 when he made his debut, which was just like everyone's like, oh, that's a big mistake, everybody, blah, blah, blah. But Red Bull stuck with him, and look what they got now. Now he's a multi-world champion. But, you know, I, I think – a Fernando Alonso was kind of able to change that stigma in regards to, you know, these guys in their forties 
being able to still race. Uh, obviously, Fernando's a very, very unique specimen and individual in regards to his talent. Unfortunately for him, you know, he always wrong place, wrong car, wrong time. You know, uh, it's sad because he should have more than two world championships. He should have five or six. Uh, but he always made the wrong move. Uh, now, was it just being too antsy, not waiting? Now, I will give him credit. You know, he stuck around with McLaren for way too long. Uh, back there, was it 2015, 16, 17, 14, 15, whatever it was. You know, and especially when they're going through the growing pains with Honda. Um, but, you know, he was kind of loyal to them, even though he had kind of a falling out back in, you know, many years prior to that. But, you know, kudos to him. But then, obviously, he took some time off, took a sabbatical, raced the Indy 500. God, I wish he would have won the Indy 500 that year. Too bad his engine blew up. That would have been so awesome. But, um, you know, then came back, obviously, with Aston Martin. So, now, Fernando's a little bit older by a few years than Lewis. But he's proving that a gentleman driver of that age is still extremely capable of producing results. Uh, obviously, Fernando outscored his teammate Lance Stroll, i.e. the uh, son of the owner of the team. Uh, now, I'll give kudos. I, I, I have nothing against Lance Stroll. I think he can drive. He did very well. So, he got up there. Yeah, hey. But who doesn't, you know, a majority of these guys had to pay the way to get up there. Hey, and so what? Yeah, his dad owns the team, and he owns Aston Martin, basically. So, but, you know what? I think the kid can drive. You know, he's had his moments. You know, um, you know he's won a pole position, whatnot. You know, he's not, you know, he's had his few podium finishes. But, you know, I just think the kid gets a bad rap. You know, there's a lot of weight on his shoulder. You know, everyone just kind of knocks on him because, I don't know if they're jealous, because, hey, you know, who would want to have, you know, a dad that's a multi-billionaire, uh, and you have access to all that stuff, and you can pretty much go race wherever you wanted. So, but, you know, anyway, so Fernando came in and kind of, not say walked all over Lance, but he pretty much did, you know, outscored him very, very, by a very wide margin. So I, I think that kind of opened up the eyes. Now, obviously, Lewis Hamilton has the, the CV in regards to being, you know, a seven-time world champion, i.e. someone could say he should be eight because of that fiasco a few years back uh, in uh, Abu Dhabi or wherever that final thing is, uh, F1 races, and they had that last lap restart. Now, I will say I was rooting for Max. I thought I was screaming at the TV watching that finale. That was like that was probably one of the greatest things I've ever seen in F1. Uh, basically, you know, one lap, last lap dash for the world championship. And, you know, Max was on newer tires, and obviously he passed Max, and then he goes to win the world championship. You know, and but then, you know, the race director, whatever his name was, he obviously gets canned and everything, blah, 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 because, you know, that wasn't supposed to happen per rules, blah, 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 anything, but what's done is done. But anyways, so I, I think, you know, obviously Fernando Lanz was paving the way for these older guys to stay in the sport. And again, like I said, for uh, Lewis has got the CV, he's a seven-time world champion, and obviously he's proved it, you know, driving the Mercedes. Now, obviously Mercedes hasn't been very, you know, I don't want to say not competitive. They've been competitive. You know, but they're just, you know, I, I want to say best of the rest, I guess you could say. Um, but, you know, they have the technical wherewithal. Um, obviously, as you can see, they nailed the first with the hybrid era in regards to was it 2014 to, was it 2019, 2020, whatever it was. Um, you know, then obviously, you know, when, you know, Max came in and then the regulations changed to the new downforce regulations where they also had the under trays uh, and they changed up the car design. 
they kind of missed up. So, obviously, again, it just kind of shows you it's a hit or miss situation. But he drove those cars very well. He was, you know, showed, you know, he's still very fast, still can drive a car. There's no doubt about that. He's, uh, you know, very physically fit person. You know, he's a vegan. Um, so it's not like he's, you know, well, these guys at the age, all these drivers, you know, have their nutritionists and whatnot. They're not out partying or anything like that. Back in the day, you know, James Hunt, my hero, <laughs> the way he just, you know, at, you know, sex, the breakfast of champions. That's probably one of the greatest, you know, uh, patches you can get on your race suit of all time. But, um, you know, so anyways, it's showing that these guys can get, you know, still hang with the youngsters and still drive. And again, Obviously, you got to have the car, but, you know, and obviously you got to be physically fit to be able to train and do that stuff. But it's going to be interesting to see one this year because Toto, knowing that Lewis is leaving, leaving, so are they just going to put everything behind George Russell or are they still going to try and play nice with, you know, Lewis? You You know, Lewis will bring a very, very structured and, you know, methodical, you know, Hey, work ethic. He's going to do what he needs to do to win races or try and win races. Um, he's going to hammer it out. But it's going to be kind of interesting to see what progresses throughout the year. Because as anyone that watches Formula One, you know, say, hey, you got your number one drivers, you got your number two drivers. And even though Mercedes wouldn't admit it, obviously Lewis was always number one. George Russell is a very, very fast driver. So, but so it's going to be interesting to see what happens for this season this upcoming season in regards to what Mercedes does and how they get behind Lewis, knowing the fact that at the end of the season, he's going over to one of their, you know, you got your top three. It's Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull. There's your contenders. So obviously they don't want to divulge. They're not going to give away. You know, they just don't want to give stuff away. And I've seen that, you know, there's always, you know, and it was very strange. Normally, you wouldn't see this announcement or done till mid-season, till around June, July, is when you start really, you know, everyone hates signs, new contracts, or whatnot. But this was done even before this season started, which I found was absolutely astonishing that they did this so early. So, you know, and because having the whole season to go, I mean, Lewis has got to probably think in his mind that this season's just a throwaway. Um you know, I mean, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting, unless the Mercedes comes out of the box, it's just faster as all get out, you know, and which then will be interesting because then obviously him and George will be going at it. But so, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm always excited for when the season starts. You know, your first about six to eight races kind of really kind of can dictate where this, how the season will look. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think now that these teams have got a few seasons under their belt, um, and with this new design, everything like that, and how the downforce works now, um, you know, so it's it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But Lewis's aspect of it is even more interesting because what do you do? Obviously, say you're on track, you're racing against, you know, the guys in the Ferrari in red. You know, you got to give them some leeway. How hard are you going to race them? What are you going to do? You know, I mean, it's in your mind. Think, well, I gotta go, you know, I'm going to work with these guys in this team next year. I mean, I don't want to punt this guy off the track. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this plays out this season with Lewis and the Ferrari guys because they're they always seem to be battling it out. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, divulging secrets like that. So what's he going to take over? But kind of going back to one point I was trying to get to is, 
you know, if you want, you know, read all the, you know, stuff online, you know, and everyone, you know, you got all your pundits out there. They're always going to say this, say that, whatnot, but, you know, saying, you know, that, oh, there's these stipulations put in place about no poaching, anti-poaching, whatnot, you know, Lewis can't take, you know, anybody, blah, 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 I mean, come on, money talks, people buy out, you know, and I always love how F1 works. They say, oh, they put that person on gardening leave, you know, they're still getting paid. They're just, you know, out there doing nothing, which... You know, who wouldn't love that? Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm still making what I made, but yeah, I'm just, obviously I'm doing some gardening, as they would say. But, um, so it'll be curious to see if Ferrari's able to poach any of the Mercedes engineers, any other team members over there and bring them over, um, you know, and try and obviously move Ferrari forward because Ferrari hasn't won the world championship since 2007. That was with Kimi Raikkonen. And then they won the last constructor was 2008 when they last run the constructor. So it's been a long time. And the people in Marinello, fire's under their ass. You know, so, you know, we got Fred Vasseur, you know, running the team. So some thought, you know, he might come in and really shake it up or whatnot. So I don't know, you know, obviously last year was his first year. So now he knows the ropes. He knows how to operate. But the unfortunate thing is with Ferrari, it's very political, how everything is run. You know, they're the only construction that builds their own car and their own engine. So, I mean, there's just, it's a lot of politicking, a lot of BS that goes on in Ferrari, which I wish they would just kind of get rid of that crap. I don't know if it's just the Italian way. It's the way Italians always do stuff. I don't know. But I think it really can, can hinder their progress. I think that's why when, you know, Michael came in, Ross Braun, you had Jean Tot, you know, you had a, a German, an Englishman, and a Frenchman come in. And, and, you know, no Italians, connections, whatnot. And I think they were really able to turn things around just, hey, organizationally-wise, just how things done. Hey, the top-down structure, you know. So no favorites, anything like that. I mean, obviously, you know, starting out, it was Eddie Irvine, which I, I was always a big fan of Eddie Irvine. Uh, but then, obviously, Rubens came in, you know, playing second fiddle. But, you know, Rubens got to win some races and whatnot. Uh, then you obviously, you know, you had your other transitions, but anyways, um, it's, um, this season is going to be interesting because I think Ferrari's got a lot to prove this year. Um, I think they need to make a big jump. You know, I only live, you know, obviously thank God, well, they're the only other team to win a race last year besides Red Bull. So, uh, am I right with that? I'm pretty sure. Right. I can't remember. My memory is terrible. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they stepped their game up. And like I said, obviously the first six to eight races really dictate and will tell you and show you how the season's going to go um, and what these people were able to produce car-wise. No, the Scuttlebutt is Alphatari, i.e. now v, you know, uh, RB Visa Cash App team. God, these names are horrible. Um, you know, I suppose they're making a big jump because they're actually, you know, sharing more of their componentry and whatnot, technological yada yada with Red Bull, the parent, you know, the 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 grown-up team, so to speak. Now, there's a fine line in regards to rules and regulations regarding what you can share and what you're not allowed to share, all that kind of stuff, because I obviously look at Haas and how Haas works with Ferrari. So, you know, Haas's, you know, model, you know, they built buy, basically buy as much as they're allowed to off the shelf. Chassis from Dallara, motors from Ferrari. They buy a lot of stuff from Ferrari parts-wise. Um, obviously, they produce their own. So, but, you know, I wish they would just, you know, Andretti would go in there and Haas would sell it to them, or at least, you know, buy out 50% or 75%. And I said, but that's a, that's a whole different, whole different episode, whole different episode. But anyways, back to Lewis going to Ferrari. So when Lewis gets over to Ferrari, he's going to be, you know, in his 40s. Um, 
you know, and he's obviously on a multi-year contract. So it's not like a one, all right, hey, we got an option and whatnot. And I think that was him. But the amount of money they are paying this guy is obscene. Just absolutely obscene. So I don't know if that's what made him move or what. But, I mean, obviously, you know, you talk to all these drivers and everything, hey, it's always like the goal is or what the dream is, always to drive Ferrari. I want to drive for Marinello, you know. And it's just, it's an experience like none other. I mean, I, God, I, you know, could imagine. Imagine the access to the cars you can get access to and the driving and everything you do on the extracurricular sides and just sponsorship, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's just be phenomenal and awesome itself. But, um, for, what is it, 400 Basically, just under $450 million, something like that. I mean, it was just an obscene amount of money that they're throwing at this guy. Like, I, I and I don't I want to say that's not all Ferrari paid. I think that's with all the other subsequent stuff like that. But the number I saw that was obviously I've seen for what his duration there was contract is. But with all his other stuff, it's like, almost, you know, it's close to half a billion dollars. Now, um, how much he's getting salary-wise to drive the car, I don't know. I mean, I know, like, Max is up there in the 40 some million dollar range a year. So, I mean, I'm assuming Lewis is going to be at least that, so if not more. Um, but then you got all the extracurriculars and a lot of back-end stuff. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, that's just an obscene amount of money to get paid to drive a car. I mean, God bless him. Have at it, you know, and, you know, you're set for life after that, and you're still a young man. Well, I mean, you know, he's in his 40s. But, I mean, it's just phenomenal. I mean, it's unbelievable. Good for him. Hey, if you can get it, go get it. So, but again, how much motivations will be there? You know, I, you know, I, I'm hope that he gets there, and you know, it's totally new environment. Whatnot, it re-energizes him. He comes out, man, just swinging. You know, he, he's got the momentum. Um, obviously, you know, the car's got to be underneath him to be able to do it. But again, so what do they do? You know, obviously, when they build a car. They try and build it also to the characteristics of the driver. You know, got some guys like understeer, some like oversteer. You know, so it. Some guys like to, you know, turn in sharp. Turn, so, I mean, there's all these different things. So, there's a way you build the car and set up wise and whatnot. You can kind of, you know, shape it to how the driver likes it. So, when you're building up a new car and the guy's been there for, for a few years, i.e. Charles Leclerc, because that's obviously going to be their guy, um, it's going to be kind of built around him. So, I was like, so what's the car going to be when he gets there in 2025? Is it going to be, hey, what Charles Leclerc likes and how he likes to drive his car? You know, or what? Is he going to be able to handle that? I mean, so I think that's going to be the other biggest thing is, okay, he gets in there. All right, is it not going to be till year two, year three if he stays there? You know, that um, he gets a car underneath him that, you know, he he likes? I mean, I don't know. There, there's all these unknowns that you won't know until 2025, race one. You know, obviously testing and whatnot they do, that doesn't tell you shit. You know, they sandbag it, do everything. They're not going to show all their cards. So, I mean, I always take the, the uh, preseason testing stuff where they go to Valencia or Barcelona or whatever the heck is in Spain. You know, I always take that with a grain of salt because you're never going to really see anyone's true potential because they're not going to show all their cards, especially the top teams. They're not going to show it because they're just not going to let that fly. This, the um, backmarker teams, what, mid-level teams? Yeah, they could probably go out there and haunt. But, again, you got a, a large portion of these guys, you know, between who's in the middle there, then they got your your you know, drop off. You got your Williams and your Haas. You know you got your backmarkers, and everyone else is in the middle. Then you got Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes at the top. So again, it's going to be an interesting season this year, and how things play out. See what happens with Lewis and Mercedes. But 2025, Lewis Hamilton at Ferrari. I'm curious about what everyone's thoughts are. 
make some comments, shoot some messages our way. Tell me what you guys think about him going to Ferrari and seeing him in the red. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a big change. I don't know if Charles Leclerc is going to be ready for it because that could be a situation where Lewis is going to overshadow Charles or say Charles um, in a thing. I like Charles Leclerc. I, I just think he's, you know, yes, he can drive a car, but, you know, I just don't think he's got the mental wherewithal to win an F1 championship. I just think he's, you know, doesn't have it. I mean, you watch him race, whatnot. He has too many mental breaks, lapses, crashes, whatnot. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. So let me know your guys' thoughts. Let me what you think about Lewis Hamilton going to Ferrari 2025. Again, thanks, guys. This is the Ferrari Marketplace with William Ross, your host, presented on the Motoring Podcast Network, MPN. Till next time, appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. This episode has been brought to you by Grand Touring Motorsports as part of our Motoring Podcast Network. For more episodes like this, tune in each week for more exciting and educational content from organizations like the Exotic Car Marketplace, the Motoring Historian, Brake Fix, and many others. If you'd like to support Grand Touring Motorsports and the Motoring Podcast Network, sign up for one of our many sponsorship tiers at www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports. Please note that the content, opinions, and materials presented and expressed in this episode are those of its creator, and this episode has been published with their consent. If you have any inquiries about this program, please contact the creators of this episode via email or social media, as mentioned in the episode.